what I think God showed me and, and told me from it was, you know, I, I, I always had, you had that ability to think deep. And so you're, you kind of comprehended it earlier than most. Mm-hmm. And so there was that, that qu- I, I needed to, because it was always on my mind. It was never, I should mm-hmm. say it was never far from my mind, mm-hmm. the reality of hell. Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, this is Victor Marks, and actually, this show, this podcast, is going to be different from anything other, because for the first time ever, I actually have one of my kids in the studio. He used to be a man cub, and now he's just full-grown man. And we're talking about my firstborn son, Shiloh. Um, So the first part of this interview is going to be Shiloh and his mother, just chatting it up. They have the best conversations. They talk. They can talk for hours on end. I'm not so much like that. I'm, I'm not great at the talking at home. Most people don't realize I'm pretty quiet at home. But uh, he and his mom have an incredible relationship, and I'm, I want you to stand by and listen to what a mom and son, uh, him remembering us going into ministry, uh, some challenges of life, and also, you know, what does the grace of God mean to him since he's had struggles in his life? So it is well worth the listen, and we appreciate you guys. Now, let me introduce my bride, Eileen, and our firstborn son, Shiloh. Hi, Mama. Hi, Shiloh. It's so fun to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, Can this you is your me? first time here. It is. So on the on the podcast radio. Yes. Yeah, so your dad calls us the Victor, Victor Mark Marks show. show. But I call it the Eileen Mark show. <laughs> so welcome to the Eileen Mark show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. We all get on the same content, people. <laughs> I don't know. Come I think on, this is just going to show. <laughs> Get it going. Okay, so Shiloh. Yes. You, um, let's just talk about ministry. Okay. Because we are coming up, um, next year will be 20 years mm-hmm. of ATP Ministries. Isn't that wild? Very wild. Because you were just a, a child. Mm-hmm. You were 10, 10 years old. 11 years old when 11. we started. Wow. Eleven turning twelve. So did you? Did you on get foil court on tree foil court in Colorado Springs? Colorado Springs, Colorado. So <clears throat> when we started, did you kind of know really what we were doing, or did you not understand? I remember. So it's it's actually funny because I remember specifically because uh, you and Dad were always really good about about opening up and talking with us about family decisions. And so dad was, 
uh, he was working at Focus. And as I remember it, go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong. Am I good here? But uh, dad, because dad started doing more speaking at churches when he'd go and visit donors and they'd have him out. And he, and he started sharing his story. Um, it was, I remember it was the, I think it was a Wednesday night. Couples Bible study you guys did um, with a group of people, but Dad started sharing his story. That's right. Um, and Dad had Dad had shared his story, parts of it, mm-hmm. um, when since we were really little, when we you know would go to speak at churches and it was a karate demo, mm-hmm. and then Dad speaking and, and sharing his story. But then I I remember things started. He started speaking more and at bigger churches. When he, when he was doing the donor work, and and he he wanted he saw he started wanting to share it more, mm-hmm. and so as I remember it, he was offered a position. It was a dream job. It was a dream position where he would travel between. It was it was six and I think twelve events a year, and they were major events. Mm-hmm. Um, through through what organization? Focus, mm-hmm. and it was with the. I believe it was the real breakaway uh, side of the ministry. And so it was the youth. Um, this is all from a long memory ago. No, but it, it was youth evangelism. Yes. Yeah. They wanted him to share his, his story at large venues, which was like the, the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, I remember there was a few weeks in it. So it was like all, it was all green. It was all good. It was, um, everything was, it was like the dream fit. And then I remember the day when Dale came over and I don't know how, but dad got invited to go to the youth prison in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. It was Saturday. Dale came over. Um, we couldn't go to that cause it was a youth prison. I remember we mm-hmm. always used to be able to go with dad when he would speak, but this time he, he couldn't. I remember before I remember he, he was nervous. He was more nervous than he usually was mm-hmm. and came back. And I, and I, and I remember it was just this like, he had this look. It was just like this relief. He was like, mm-hmm. you guys aren't going to believe what happened. Mm-hmm. And he, he split Brother Dale open, but it was in, it was just an incredible. With what? What did he split him open? The nunchucks. The yeah. nunchucks. <laughs> um, nunchucks. And, and so I remember it shifting very quickly from dad doing that, which was the dream job, to he felt like you guys – you guys were called to start going and reaching kids that were incarcerated mm-hmm. and it kind of came out of left field. It wasn't really, um, it wasn't like planned. It was this, it was this like dream position of being able to speak at larger venues. Um, but then kind of really tied with, with what he felt like God and you guys wanted him to do. And so, yeah, that was 20 years ago. I remember you guys decided pretty quickly that that's what, um, you guys feel like God had for you, and then what's interesting because, um, I I remember Dad going into the youth prison. It was in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and there were seventy five young men. Mm-hmm. I think it was a maximum security mm-hmm. prison, and uh, fifty three of the seventy five young men raised their hand to receive mm-hmm. Christ, and your dad goes, wait, 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 wait. You know, I'm not saying you can get out of here. Mm-hmm. So he had everyone, you know, drop their hands, and he said again the invitation, and they all they all raised their hands. Mm-hmm. 
and your dad looked at someone and said, Hey, you know, someone's got to reach these kids, mm-hmm. right? There's, this is just, this is so obvious. And God was working mm-hmm. because it was your dad yeah. who God was calling to reach these young kids. Mm-hmm. And it, that's when we, we actually started um, a nonprofit all things possible ministries 2003 mm-hmm. and and the focus was to reach the kids because at that time there were at any given night in the United States over 250,000 kids locked up mm-hmm. and that that's just that is a f report card on our country that we have that many children locked up mm-hmm. so definitely god had Dad, moving in this direction. This was I, your dad never dreamed this. He never said this is what I want to do when I want yeah. to start my own ministry. But he mm-hmm. he was moved by the number of kids that were locked up. And it was I remember it was almost out of left field. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't really it wasn't something that you guys were planning on, no. or even and yeah and and yeah and then shortly after that we moved to Texas and. Yeah. The ministry really just took off. And do, do you remember going to any of those youth prisons? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which one stands out to you? So before we moved to Texas with um, that, Dad was working with another ministry that was doing uh, youth mm-hmm. prisons. Yep. And so we went to Brownsville State Prison. Yes. And we went in there. It was the first time we went in. It was with a big group of people. Yes. Uh, I don't know the name of the ministry, but it was there was a lot of volunteers. Dad went as a speaker. Yeah. There was another speaker. They did a little show. Yeah. And and we were thinking about um I, th- I think that's kind of how Texas kind of got brought in the equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. going in. Um that was the first time. I believe it was I th- I believe it was Brownsville. I think it was Brownsville and it was a man by the name of Bunny Martin. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what his forte was? Remember yo-yo. Yo-yo. Yes. Very, very nice man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think when he saw your dad, he was getting older. I think he was in his seventies. Mm-hmm. He and his wife were doing this. Mm-hmm. I think he saw God put his hand on your dad too. Mm-hmm. Because he yeah. knew these kids are he's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And these kids need somebody like almost to replace him, but yeah, that was that was such an obvious calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, there's you know, it's I, I remember a lot. I remember we were in uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Yes, we had Bunny, Bunny, and his wife come out. Okay, we were staying there at a, at a friend's house. Okay, and that was before we moved to Texas. Yes, but he was doing I forget the name of his ministry, but it was those were the early days. Those were the early when, days. When you guys were still, it was kind of, it was brand new. Yeah. And you guys were wanting to do more of them. And yeah, I, um, and, and I then, I, I think what I most remember most vividly was the Marlin. Yeah. The TYC Texas Youth Commission. Yep. And we would go in there at one point. It was, I think it was once a month on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, I don't know exactly how it worked, but if you got if you got arrested in the state of Texas, 
your process through Marlon. That's right. And so, um, and I remember that was me and a friend. We, I remember we came in late and we had to walk in while dad was speaking behind. And I, I, I what struck me was these kids were my age. Mm. We were always being kind of, mm. it was almost surreal because they were in, they were in jumpsuits and they were, mm-hmm. you know, the quote unquote bad kids. But when you met them and you talked to them, they were, they were just normal kids. And that, and I remember early on, Really realizing, you know, from what you guys had shared, you know, these weren't bad kids. They they had done things, um, but they weren't bad kids. And at at the root of, at the root of it, there was so much hurt, and there was so much, um, yeah, it was just hurt. And so that it, I remember the stories were so they were so wild early on with the kids that. You know, I remember one time there was a, it was like on the news, um, the, the, a kid had committed a pretty serious crime, but dad went and saw him because he knew he was going to be in Marlin. Mm-hmm. And so is that, is that, I think they call it juxtaposition. I don't, I don't know what they call it, but you know, you see the kid in, mm-hmm. in the, in the news and he's a bad kid one day and then dad's visiting with him the next day and you just get a completely different story that you know, you, you hear the backstories to why, not why they did what they did, but, but what led up to that. And you're like, it makes so much sense. Like it's, it's so stacked against them. Um, and so, yeah, it was the, I remember the ministry early on, there were so many emotional stories with the kids. Mm-hmm. It was so, it was, it was, there were so many beautiful stories of kids hearing dad's story and then sharing their story. Mm-hmm. And, and, it was just this, yeah, it was so, because I, I mean, I was their age, so it's not like I really. You, you were their age. Comprehended, you know. Yes. What they, but it was just like, yeah, these kids, they're, just really, they're not bad kids. They're not. They, they're I, not bad kids. I remember Shiloh going in sometimes, and I don't want to hear what they did. I don't want to know why they're in there, because it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. because they just need to know that they're valued yeah. and that, that they're cared for. Mm-hmm. And. You remember in Texas, mm-hmm. Christy, mm-hmm. your dad still talks about her, mm-hmm. but you were maybe 13 because Christy was 15. She was mm-hmm. your sister's age. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you remember about Christy? What stands out to you about Christy? Um, I, I most vividly her son and, you know, I, I knew the backstory. So, so being, at that point, I think I was 15, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing the backstory, you, you, it's just that you, you, you see things. And her, her you know, that, that story was, it was, it was a very sad story. But I remember her son was such a cool little kid. Yeah. Um, two. He was he was two. Yeah. His, his name was Devin. Devin. Who's, yeah. I remember he would just, because that's when we, we had the property. And and so I was doing like groundskeeping or mowing or something, but there were just a couple of days where I'd he'd be outside playing, and you know I'd have, I'd watch him for a bit or something. But yeah, it was they it was with that story particularly. It, I I remember it was always there was like the story of who they were, mm-hmm. and you, it's just it's like oh my gosh, like it's so, and then who they are, mm-hmm. and and you're I remember for me going well, I just know this, you know, who they are, like what's in front of me. Um, and so, 
Yeah, I remember it was because I was still younger, but you know, it was it was a pretty wild, intense backstory. But then, you know, I just remember it was her and her son, and you know, it's just, yeah. You you know, you it was you three. You Mm -hmm. did not. um, This wasn't something that you really had a say in. Because this was the ministry, but you guys were you guys were part of it, and I know, I mean, at, at your young age, it's like you guys just got it. You you got that these were people, mm-hmm. and and this is when your dad, your dad started, kind of processing his own childhood, mm-hmm. because he was going into these youth prisons and hearing these children's mm-hmm. story, and. You know, your dad describes him being able to push the beach ball down, mm-hmm. all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was God's ordained time for your dad to start dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so as hard as it was, mm-hmm. he had to be able to let that beach ball go and just whatever was inside, whatever he was holding down, let it go. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's beautiful because he was able to process so much of his own stuff, continuing going in, hearing these children's stories. And this was, to me, this was a connection that so many of these children had experienced PTSD, Mm -hmm. trauma, Mm -hmm. and they've had high-risk behavior because they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these kids were put on medication because that's what you do when you have a child who misbehaves, high-risk behavior, stick him on medication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your dad had tons of medication. Mm -hmm. He was was diagnosed with bipolar and these things because these doctors didn't understand PTSD. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Dr. McDonald Mm -hmm. looked at your dad two visits and said, Mm -hmm. Victor, you don't have bipolar, you have Mm -hmm. PTSD. And then she started working with your dad on this stuff. But here's, here's the amazing thing. Shiloh is we were able to look at these kids differently mm-hmm. because of the background mm-hmm. and, and introduce this idea mm-hmm. to those who, who are working with these kids. Mm-hmm. Don't look at them as troubled children. Mm-hmm. Many of them come from abused backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and and that, yeah, because because it's it's funny because I remember before before dad st- dad started seeing Doctor McDonald, mm-hmm. things got you know things got a little hairy for a little bit. But you know that this is what thirteen years later, and to think, you know, that was that was all part of the God's plan the whole time. Yeah. You know, like their dad was sharing part of his story, yeah. and and I love that saying. We do the best we can for where we're at. And I think it's true. Yes. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I was doing the best he could. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until God brought him into that season where he was actually going to go back and deal with all that. Yes. Which it's it's funny when you look at it now because since then he wrote a book and, and a movie mm-hmm. and follow up uh you know films on PTSD. On, yeah, yeah, on exactly what he went through. That yes. was, you know, for so long he, he went maybe around it but not in it. And that's 
And I, I think that's a, it's, it's just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that dad chose to go through that. Because yeah. his story was great before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was awesome. You know, it, it, was, it was entertaining. It was, it was, people loved listening to him, and it was, it was intriguing. Yeah. And so one thing I've always thought is, is that dad chose to go through there. He could have kept telling the story as it was, mm-hmm. and it was a great story. And nobody knew, nobody knew the difference. Um, and so, yeah, that, you know, which I, I think just made him that much more compassionate toward people. And, and even to like, you know, people that you guys visit with now, there's having been through it, you, you know, it's not just the, the beginning or the middle, but, but all the way through it, mm-hmm. you, you can it see, you see it for something different. And I, and you know, it, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, you said we didn't, you know, we didn't choose and we didn't, which no kid does. Right. It's their, you know, it's just their family. And you don't, that's the thing is you don't know any different. That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's not. This is just what we're doing. This is what yeah. we do. Yep. And, that, and that was always us. That was always us. And it was something that, you know, I, I look at God's grace and as a kid, it was always exciting. You know, whether it was Lisa that was living with us right. or Wesley right. or Greg, the guy Greg. that dad met on an airplane. Yes. I mean, there was always people that you guys, I shouldn't say always, there was times where God, you know, had divine, divine interventions. Mm-hmm. And so as kids, we grew up and that that's, you know, to go back to that, the contrast of the backstory mm-hmm. to the, who, who the person is, I think of Lisa like that, mm-hmm. you know, Lisa moved in with us um, when we were, I was probably seven or eight. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about her right. or her, her story. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys just said, you know, it's a friend that's going to move in with us. Mm-hmm. We loved Lisa. Oh, we no. watched uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Okay. And I, and <laughs> as the story goes, she was living somewhere else, but at our house too. And kind of, but I remember when the, the guy won it, she called us. We were on the phone watching it with her. Oh. And, but that's just, you know, that, yeah. that it, it, we didn't, I didn't, at least for, I didn't know any different. It wasn't. You know, it, that's just, that was just her life. It was not, it, it was fun. It was always fun. You know, Wesley got to move in. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there was, it was, and so. And, I, for, and they slept in the entryway, right? Yes. We put a sheet up and that yeah. was a little cubby hole. Wesley, if you're watching this, <laughs> the, the, the knife collection, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was, you know, and again, not knowing Wesley's backstory either. Um, you know, I, I think of those two people specifically and your, you know, the, the, their backstory, mm-hmm. you know, to, to where in contrast to how I knew them, it, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, what's special. Not a bad way. Crazy. Just, well, it, I mean, it is, it's like, you know, life is messy mm-hmm. and we never, we never planned on these things. No. It's just like, you know, there's an opportunity and it was like, okay, this person needs a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And so here's a special thing about Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, she came to us and she was pregnant mm-hmm. and she started going to church with us. She gave her life to the Lord and she reconciled with her family, moved mm-hmm. back to Rhode Island, mm-hmm. had a son on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. On your birthday, mm-hmm. I just thought that was so. I remember, I remember hearing that. So sweet. She, 
she'd moved. And I remember too, you know, it's funny that I, it was a Sunday night service. Yep. I was sitting upstairs with the youth group. I remember watching her and you oh. go to the front and going, oh, wow. Yes. Like that. How cool. Lisa, yes. Lisa, you know, accepted Jesus oh. in her heart. Oh. And, it, it, and that's just how, you know, that's just how God's always worked in your life, you know, your guys' life. So it's been, it's been so cool to be a part of because it's, it's, you know, you, you, you get used to seeing God's manifested goodness and, and you do. And as a kid, you don't know the backstory. You don't know that they weren't supposed to make her. You don't know that it wasn't supposed to turn out good. Right. You know, it just, you just, you know, it's like they've, you know, it's, a, and as an adult, I look back and see, you know, you guys reached out or hand, you know, the hand to help them to get them to that place where they needed, you know, the, the hands and feet of Jesus as it were. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's the, the, and I think I, when I think of you guys in ministry, that I always think of those stories specifically. Mm-hmm. I always think of Wesley and Lisa, mm-hmm. even Greg. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's just, you guys have always had that heart, just heart to help. And so um, it's been so cool to see now it's 20 years later that you guys have been doing it, but you guys were doing it long before that. Right. We, we weren't doing it under, you know, an umbrella of a ministry. It was, mm-hmm. it, we had a karate school and we taught people and opportunities would present themselves. Um, Shiloh, I, I want you to um, go back with me because this affected your dad and I so much about you. Uh-huh. I think you were seven. Uh-huh. And you woke up, we were living uh-huh. in Hawaii, and you came to us in tears. Uh-huh. And you had this, I don't know if you had a dream, a vision, or you just had this realization mm-hmm. that people who didn't know the Lord mm-hmm. would not go to heaven, but mm-hmm. they would go to hell. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember that? Vividly. Okay, would mm-hmm. you tell me, because you know what? Actually, tell people who are listening because mm-hmm. it is such a powerful story as a seven-year-old. Yeah, I so I, I, it was it was it was like a weeknight. I was watching Man of the House with Tim Allen, okay. and I think it was oh, what's what's the lady in that movie? I can't remember. I can't remember. But I remember the part specifically. And there was there's was, there was two characters, and I remember thinking, well, what if one of them is not a Christian? And then that means he dies and goes to hell. Mm-hmm. I'm going, well, if he, so if he dies and goes to hell, then, and I remember I was seven, I was like, then he, he's, I've lived seven years and he dies and he keeps doing it. And he's just seven and over, but it never stops. It never stops. Mm-hmm. He's in hell. And it just, and, and I remember going to you guys, you guys were in the, where Wesley used to sleep before right. he moved in this little office. Mm-hmm. And I just remember telling you guys, yeah, like he's going to die and go to hell. And, that you know, I've 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 asked and talked to God about why um for so long because it, it seems so overwhelming to to a young kid, you know, and, and I we know God's not we, we you know, we know he's not malicious and we know he doesn't he doesn't do things to hurt or harm. And so for you know, for me, uh I think later on in life um, cause for me, one of the, 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 the biggest things I found out was righteousness, which is right standing with God. And so, um, and the opposite, the opposite of righteousness is not knowing if you have right standing with God, which is, 
your work and, and being dependent on you to, to get to heaven. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, the, the best way I can explain it was I heard, I heard other, I heard preachers, other people talk on it. And they said, when they heard righteousness, it clicked. I think it was Jonathan Edwards said, felt like he was floating. He was walking mm. above the ground. It, it, like he broke out of a, a prison and there's just this new freedom specifically with, with what righteousness was. Um, and so for me, hell was always real and I don't blame, you know, the nineties Christian movies, you know, uh, left behind series, which still scar me, <laughs> but not really, but well, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have had you watch that at night well, and then go the, to bed. It was the fad. Remember the Christian bookstores, stores, all the VHS you could rent, you know, it was yes. all like revelations and, oh. you know, the Antichrist. And I was just so oh. scary for me as a kid. So scary. <laughs> it's still scary. Well, that is for a child. But, but what were we yeah. thinking? <laughs> it's just kind of the watch those and don't play Pokemon was kind of oh my goodness. the 90s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, I, I battled with the reality of hell for a long time because it was it, it it was it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Even I remember being a seventeen, and I was driving up to I was like in Orange County. I was seventeen or eighteen, and it hit me again. Hell, and I'm going. Hope I don't go there. And 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 knowing that I got saved when I was five, mm-hmm. you know. We were four. We were driving home. It was a Sunday night. I think you were four. We were four. It was, was a it Christmas Thanksgiving, Eve. Christmas, Christmas yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It was so peaceful. But it was mm-hmm. so simple. Was, if I accept Jesus in my heart, I get to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And you guys walked me through it, and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. But I think you initiated that. It was the radio. Okay. Yeah, I was listening to the radio. Um, and then the preacher was talking about and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. I, I want Jesus to live in my heart. And so, but but I I battled for so many years um not knowing what righteousness was. And you know, it's it's God's gift. And so hell was so real to me. It was and I was so scared of it. I was so fearful. I didn't want to go there. Um and and so yeah, I've you know, I and that and because I remember asking God that one day, going, why did you show a seven year old that? It's kind of like, ugh, kind of seems like in bad taste. Um, but it, what, what I, what I think God showed me and, and told me from it was, you know, I, I, I always had, you had that ability to think deep. And so you you kind of comprehended it earlier than most. Mm-hmm. And so there was that, that I, I needed to, because it was always on my mind. It was never, I should mm-hmm. say it was never far from my mind, mm-hmm. the reality of hell till I was 24. Um, and there would be, there would be seasons where I could push it away. Um, I could push it away and I was good because I, I was going to church. I was reading my Bible. So I was, I'm, I'm probably good with God. And so hell's not real. But then when I wasn't doing good, it was going, oh God, I don't know, um, and and so I I, I worked for, you know, and and it's funny because I've talked to other Christians that when we talk about it, you know, they were scared of hell too, 
you know, just, it was like frightening. And they would go to church and they do, but that, that, and, and it's funny because it's, you know, people joke about, you know, always raising their hand, which I did, mm-hmm. all, you know, just want to make sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the being, being seven and, and the reality of, you know, hell, it was, I was like, wow, this is not. And so, you know, the story did turn out good because the, you know, the confusion and the, the anguish and there's just so much like uncertainty and, and so much like, ah, I don't know. Um, that was all answered in righteousness and what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And so the, the depth of just frustration, it turned into total peace and joy and not, not hope, but it, it's just, it's, for me now, it's so certain, you know, it's based on what Jesus said, no, and I did. And so it, there's, there's no more, there's no more like guilt or like, ah, when I think about it, of going, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, there's too much good. You know, there's too much. What God did is so good. What Jesus did is so good to stay in that and focus on that. And that's, um, that's that's where for me the peace is. Well, you have. I mean, your life has Shiloh from a very young age. You said you're a deep thinker. You've always been, and you've always been a very compassionate, loving child. Thank you. No, Shiloh. In fact, I remember. When we had a family gathering, it was all my siblings, so your aunt and uncle and grandma and grandpa, you were two. And we had a full day with the family, and we're getting ready to go. But we had to, I think you fell asleep, so we had to pick you up and bring you into the car. Actually, the RV. So as we're pulling away, you woke up, and you said you didn't get to hug anybody. That's good parenting. Oh, no, no, Shiloh, this was you. So we... (laughs) We stopped the RV and we brought you back in and you hugged everybody. That was you, Shiloh. Your heart has always been so compassionate, so full of love, and that's who you are. And I mean, I, I, I'm not going to cry, but I just, I've always seen God's love and compassion in your life, and it continues. And, well, Shiloh, I think, you know, your your little heart, your seven-year-old heart to be able to see past what most seven-year-olds even think about, mm-hmm. I think it's God's heart and, and love towards people and compassion towards people. And why he would allow you to do that, I think you explained that really well, is um, it, it's, it's about him. It's what he already did. Mm-hmm. He just wants people to accept it mm-hmm. and believe that that's mm-hmm. what he did for them. Mm-hmm. So it's a Shiloh. Yeah. I think it's a gift, mm-hmm. and you know why we named you Shiloh? Because mm-hmm. it sounds cool. <laughs> it you know it wasn't hip back then. We didn't know anybody with the name of Shiloh. Yeah. And thank you guys because it's a great name. It's a great name. It's worked out and, very well. And for you know me. why we named you Shiloh? It was there was a little town um, near Jerusalem, and it, it, the Jewish people would go there once a year mm-hmm. to Shiloh 
to the temple. And I loved it because really it means God's peace. But it was also a place of refuge for people to go to. So there's a lot of different meanings, but Shiloh, you are, I think your life lives out the peace side of it because you're a peaceful guy. Yes. Even though you're third degree black belt, you're third degree black belt. (laughs) And you fought and you, you know, you do all that stuff. You're, you're an amazing martial art teacher. And, but the heart of you, Shiloh has always been very kind and sweet and generous and loving. So thank you. you, It's been a joy. Thank you. You you said something that stuck out about, um, I think it's God's love, Mm. but one with righteousness and, and because growing up in the church, you know, you hear so many good things and they're all from the Bible Mm -hmm. and they're all great. And, but you know, for me, the, the difference maker was, it's never going to be what I do. It's always going to be what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be um, my works or my deeds or me doing anything. It's always going to be what Jesus did. And it's, you know, I have his righteous. I am, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus based on what he did, not what I did. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one thing I've, I think I've, I've read, but it's become more clear um, the older I got is, you know, because we thank Jesus for dying on the cross and, and it's oftentimes it's talked about in church. It's all, it's, it's great. It's, we all know that's what it's all about, but I know at least I can speak for me that it was, that was the starting point. And then it's, let's get to Christian living. Let's get to figure out, you know, how to fix, you know, fix our life. Let's get be better. But the, the reality is we spend the rest of eternity thanking Jesus for specifically what he did on the cross. Mm. Like that, it's like, it, it's, it doesn't get bigger than that. You know, we spend the rest of eternity thanking Jesus for what he did on the cross, for who he is too, but it's it's that big of a deal. You know, Jesus is in heaven around with holes in his hand and his feet. It's not it's not a passing, it's not he died on the cross and so we can live. Um and you know, and even too like, you know, the word picture, we, we do get crowns, you know, for here and we store up your treasures in heaven, but we throw our crowns at his feet when we see him, when we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so he's in heaven right now, and and we will we will be worshiping him and praising him and thanking him for the rest of eternity. Um and 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 that that's all that's all predicated on him dying on the cross for us. Because we can't get there without him doing that. And so it's when when God showed me that, you know, of of that's the that that's that's what you have to focus on, Shiloh. There's you know, I've there's a problem and I've and I fixed it. And 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 so spending spending my mind and my and my thoughts in that and what Jesus did and because it's it's the solution, you know, it's not and it's not a it's not a passing, you know, what Jesus did on the cross is we talk about it, you know, and it's 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 great and, and we glorify it, but it it, it's a lot bigger than even we know um, what what he did. So what do we do now until we get to heaven? We remember, rehearse, and revisit what he did on the cross. That's. But, but how do we live our life? In 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 light of that, 
in light of what he did for us. It's it's because when we, I, I should say for me, when I remember what Jesus did for me and what and what that does for me, it, it makes me right standing with God based on what Jesus did, not what I've ever done. From that place, you know, everything flows because it's obedience and, and Christian living, all that. It, it's great. We should be we should be virtuous. We should have strong values. But when when we realize it's what Jesus did on the cross, taking our sin, making us righteous, uh, it, that's where everything shifts. It's all it, it's we don't do it for we're, we're as righteous as we'll ever be. And and that's and and so it just it makes much of what Jesus did, remembering what he did for us and, and, and thinking about it and and constantly I mean I, that's what no Paul didn't tell Timothy that, but it's it's that's I, you know, I've heard it said when you walk in a room there's there can be one there's one focal point. You can have there's one focal thing. You can have different things, but usually it's a painting or TV, but it's when you walk in, that's the one thing you see. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Christianity, I've noticed we've, we've took Jesus and what he did. It's not the focal point. It can't, or, or times it can't be. There's other things that are great that we do, but, but it's not Jesus. It's not, it's not who he is, what he did. And then, um, you know, we, at least for me, it's, you know, because when I stop focusing on Him, that's where all the power is. And when I, because when He's the focal point, when He's the hero, which He is, and, and when I focus and remember that, it, it it leaves you in this place of going, oh, oh my God, this is too good to be true. You know, how how, and then that's from that place, you know, is where for me is the freedom and the relief of of how how it works, the deep 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 peace. DPs. So, Shiloh, we can continue talking. I love talking with you. I love our conversations. Me too. Well, hey, I I really hope you enjoyed that time with uh, Mama Marks and her first man cub, Shiloh. Uh, And uh, if you want to leave a comment, please feel free to do so on any of our social medias. Or send us an email. You can go to victormarks.com. Send us an email. We'll get it. But we appreciate you guys. And wherever you are in your parenting, whether it's a, a, a young baby or an older kid, hey, continue to rely on the grace of God. Love them. Keep boundaries. Do all the right things, but never give up. We appreciate you on wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.